Welcome to the Story Tinker Podcast, a place for in-depth analysis of Webtoon stories. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character struggles, relationship development, and of course, theories. You can follow the Story Tinker on YouTube, podcast platforms, and social media. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support the Story Tinker on Patreon. We are really appreciative of your likes, subscribes, and follows on all platforms. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast on Rats and Sass on Story Tinker. And today we have Christine and Laura, who have been on before, and we have Chewy, who has not. So do each want to say a sentence to introduce yourselves and your other creative pursuits? start with you christine okay hi i'm christine um i'm 33 now (laughs) i'm 33 now um i work as a baker and i've just been obsessed with webtoons for the longest time but um i did study music like i've been trained as a singer like my whole life studied music from high school into college didn't finish it but i've been analyzing music so this webtoon is like right up my alley so cool because victor does like a lot of specific music terms and I, I don't know anything about it <laughs> you're like what <laughs> I, I mean like it sounds great but i have no idea like how authentic it is so does mm-hmm. it when you read it was it like oh spot on mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. <laughs> i think yeah, the I green think and has- like background <laughs> yeah i follow her on instagram so like i think she has a music background too Oh, the, the, yeah, the music too. We'll talk about that, but the music background is like, mm. okay, awesome. We'll make that a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Chewy. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I'm Laura. I have my cat Chloe in my lap right now, <laughs> and I uh, work as a music teacher, a private music teacher, and a music therapist, and. Uh, I really love this webtoon. <laughs> the music is really delightful. And yeah, all of the music theory terms and stuff in it. I'm like, yeah, th- yeah. They, they know what they're, they're talking about. Yeah, it's all, it's all fun. <laughs> yeah. And we also have a podcast, which I, anyone oh, who yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I also have a podcast called Laura Asks About Motherhood. So if anyone listening is a mom and wants to talk <clears throat> about their experiences of being a mom, reach out to me. <laughs> I'd be happy to talk to you. Yep, links will be below. And Chewy. Hi, I'm Chewy. I am 16. Yes, I am 16. Um, I'm obviously a student. Um, I don't really have anything interesting. Like I have don't have a career or anything, but I am the host of the I Love You podcast. So it's for all things I Love You theories, discussions. It updates weekly, like right after the regular episode updates. So after you read it, you can go check out the podcast and like listen to our thoughts on it. Um yeah, I'm literally just obsessed with I Love You, but I do read other comics, including Brass and Sass, because I Love You is very depressing, so I need some sort of happy comics to, like, offset it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always listen to your podcast, and I also love the posts that you post on Instagram, like the little summaries. I, I happen to be, like, a reader kind of person, and I like it with the pictures, and, like, the graphics are really nice, so I like both of them. They're a good set. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so Brass and Sass. Um, so I, I guess, I don't know if each of us should give a little summary because it'd be interesting to see what we think you know, is the most important part. But basically it starts out with Camille 
and she's this high school student. She falls into a band and decides she loves it. And then it's all about like her history with the band and the different conflicts and relationships and everyone in the story who has their own conflict. So that's like in a super, super nutshell, the story. So I guess, should we start with Camille? And let's discuss, um, first of all, her personality. How would you describe her personality? Enthusiastic. Bubbly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, mm -hmm. like, like literally radiant. Like even mm -hmm. from her character design, she's like the sun. She's like always glowing. It's very, it's very cute. Also, yeah, why did I think her name was Camilla? Like, did I get yeah. it? Is yeah, it Camilla. Camilla or Camilla? Oops, sorry. Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> They're very similar names. And I know people who say Camilla. Yeah. I mean, like, not in this webcomic, but I, I know people who are Camilla, but it's Camilla. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. the two L's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess I shouldn't sound like I'm defending myself in my poor reading, but, like, to me, my sister-in-law is Martine and Martina. Like, to me, it's the same thing. Like, whether mm -hmm. it's a year A, it's just a, you know, an accident of how you decide. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I didn't want to go. So I was like, <laughs> remembering. Okay, it was. But, so yeah, so she's super enthusiastic. And I, one of the funniest things that drew me in when I first read it was when she was like, oh, band, I love it. It's so amazing. It's so exciting. And she sees Victor and she gets like um, really inspired by his music playing. And she's like, wow, it's so beautiful. And I know I've definitely felt that way. You too, since you're music people, I'm sure you, you for sure felt that way. But I really related to that and then she like jumps in and <laughs> and her friends are like well I don't know if she's gonna really last because she always like has these hobbies and she doesn't last long and I was like oh gosh this sounds just like me when I was a little younger um before I kind of realized that you have to limit yourself but did you guys relate to that where you know you jump into hobbies and then like you don't have, always have the, the passion or the time to finish with them <laughs> mm -hmm. yep I know for me, like, I I love, I learned how to play the piano. Um, Laura, I'm pr pretty sure you can attest to this. It is the most frustrating instrument you could learn to play. Piano? Yeah, well, for me, because, like, I can read the notes, but, like, my fingers, telling my fingers to play those notes, it's just, it's, like, you're seeing what you need to play, but your fingers are, like, nope. <laughs> It's the most frustrating thing, but I love the piano. Like I, my aunt was, uh, used to be a, like, um, like a concert pianist and it, like music runs in my family. So it's just, yeah, I wish I could play the piano. I don't have time. I don't have the patience. <laughs> I know that's one of the sad realities of life. I, went, I was like, I want to do all the things, but I only have 24 hours in a day. <laughs> Yeah. I can't do all the things, but all these things sound like so much fun, but mm -hmm. that's interesting. You find piano so, in well, maybe it's my bias. Piano is my first instrument. Um, I love the piano. <laughs> I feel like violin is way more frustrating, even trumpet. Oh, so Camilla I, plays yeah. trumpet. Trumpet is hard. You only played, have three buttons. <laughs> I played violin too. That's even more frustrating. And it does not it, sound pretty in the beginning. No, it's, violin is really easy to make sound terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, how did my mom put up with that when I was practicing? Yeah, so she starts out with that. And then um, one of the, the things that I really found interesting was that 
you know, she's first very excited. And then she kind of hits that, that moment where Mrs. P describes it as like the honeymoon's over, where now your, your passion is kind of like dwindling. And now you have to decide, are you going to put in the time? And I thought that was such a mature theme. And like, to me, the, the strength of this comic is that, you know, what you were saying, it sounds lighthearted, but I feel like it's so deceptively lighthearted because it's cheerful and the colors are very bright. And there's a lot of like cutesy um, graphics and the way that's drawn is very cute and the, like the big eyes. But I feel like it really touches on important topics. There's so, so many from, and we're gonna get into them as we get into each character, but they're just because the comic is portrayed as lighthearted, I think that it, 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 it undercuts the really serious issues that it addresses. And to me, like that issue of like, having to put a lot of time into something in order to be good at it, even when your heart is not feeling it right now. I mean, that's like one of the most important realizations you can come to as an adult, at least for me. I don't know how, how you guys felt, but I was like, whoa, this is like a super profound lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, um, I felt that way when I decided to pursue um, baking as my career. Um, cause I knew like, I always loved doing it. I love baking for people. That's like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do to give as like Christmas gifts, like homemade baked goods. But like, so when I started going to school and like learning, like the actual like profession of it and started working, I was like, okay, this is where like the, you know, it, I still love it. But like, I realize now that, you know, there's that work side of it. The side that like, oh, this kind of stinks. It's like, oh yeah, you're baking, but it's also like, you're cleaning a lot, <laughs> a lot. You're touching some pretty dirty stuff a lot. I think, I think that's the, the hard part when you realize that stuff takes work. <laughs> Yeah. It's not all just fun and games. It's not always super enjoyable that you have sometimes have to muck through things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But um, speaking as someone who has mucked through, like I wanted to quit piano when I was in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. <laughs> My mom would not let that happen. <laughs> so even though I didn't put a whole lot of work into it as my sort of way to rebel, I like mucked my way through it. And now I love it. It's, it's like, it's what Mrs. P said, like the pendulum kind of swings back and forth. Sometimes you're really feeling it and sometimes it's drudgery, but you know, it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. So Camille, that's one of the lessons that she learns and she recommits herself. Like there's a time where she feels like she doubts herself. She doesn't know if she should do it, but then she does realize she loves it and she recommits herself. Now, another interesting theme is that Camille kind of walks the fine line between doing it and having fun and wanting to get better. And I feel like that's a conflict for her. And she kind of feels differently about it at different times. Because, you know, we, we see she has like a role model in Victor. Now, Victor has a very kind of unhealthy relationship with music, which I want to get into later. But she has that side where she does want to have fun. And she recognizes that it's important to have fun and not to take it too seriously. But she also wants to improve and get better. And it's a little bit of a struggle for her, I feel. Like she goes back and forth with that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so does anyone want to talk about what Camille's challenges are? And she goes through a couple of them, but like anyone want to take a stab at some of them? What are the ones that jumped out at you? She's 
very like optimistic, like almost blindly optimistic. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I don't know. Okay, you tell where where do you think it comes across like as a big problem? In uh, just when she's like, oh yeah, like like I can I can totally learn how to play the trumpet. Like no problem. Like it, I can do it. Like not realizing like you know it takes effort and also recently with her like oh yeah me and victor are gonna save save like you know ban we can totally do this yeah and i like that you said that it's it's both her strength and, and her weakness because mm -hmm. that optimism is what makes people you know she gets people to join the band in the beginning she's excited about the different fundraisers that they do and she you know she's the kind of like a people motivator but at the blind optimism to me it's a it's a challenge in her relationship with rowan I don't want to pick up that thread. Yeah. Chewie, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I have a lot of thoughts on Rowan. Um, I feel like I, my opinion of this has changed over time because like, I felt like we saw a lot of him through Camilla's lens and not through like his own lens and like seeing his own experiences. Like I've grown a lot more sympathetic to him, especially like in recent episodes where we saw how he was discouraged from pursuing his hobbies and passions you know um I did want to talk about the fact that the, the problem with Kimo's optimism sometimes is that like she means very well but when she fails she takes it personally she's like oh this is my fault this is like like I'm a bad person but really it was just that like she, I, mean, I don't want to be mean but she wasn't like far-sighted she didn't like think that this was inevitably not going to work it's like not her own fault it's just like how this whole thing was set up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really strong point. And yeah, because she was like kind of pushing through, she had doubts in the beginning. Like we know she wasn't really, she didn't see Rowan as a as a romantic interest. Like he was a good friend. And then when he asked her, she was, um, okay, I'll give it a chance, you know, why not? And she was honest with him about that. She's like, okay. But it was her optimism that made her keep pushing through, even though like you said, like the signs were there that it wasn't really compatible. And she was just so positive. And she was like, it has to work. You know, like, he's a good guy and I'm a good girl, good, you know, good person. Like, this is, of course, this has to work. And right, like, when when it didn't, because of really Rohan's reasons, not her reasons, you know, she blamed herself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what else? What do you think of their relationship? Me? Anyone. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything because I, I, don't, I haven't, like, made up my mind. Okay. They were, um, I, yeah. I think it's super sweet. Um, I think Rowan um, is very sweet and um, tries to be understanding in the beginning, but his depression like makes it really hard to be able to communicate. And he like seems to um, kind of cling on to her a little bit too much. And it doesn't help that she had to start working because around the same time that they started dating, she found out that, was it her mom or her dad that lost their job? I think her mom. Her mom lost her job. And so she was like, I might not be able to continue band anymore. And so she, she was just, had very limited time overall. Um, so I, I don't know, I just feel like it's a really realistic relationship, especially a high school one where it's mm -hmm. like super cutesy and they didn't even like, did they hold hands maybe once? <laughs> You know, it was very innocent. Maybe it can be cute for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like that's an interesting point that you brought up, like his depression. And um, this is the last time I'm going to mention Avi. I'm so sorry, but it reminded me of Noel because like mm -hmm. Rohan like has like his siblings were so awful to him. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, trust me, like as like the older sibling, like sometimes your parents will take your younger siblings issues out on you. So then you become resentful, you know, um, but like they were just awful. Like, I'm sorry, it's okay to be annoyed with your younger sibling, but it's not okay to like take out your anger on them. Like, that, like I just like cannot believe, I was like getting so angry when I was reading that episode because like, that's so unfair to him. Like you took away everything he loved and and like not everyone's built for school. Like, I'm sorry, like three C's is not like the end of the world. Like, you know, some people are just not into that and that's okay. And like, I understand now why Rohan is like the way he is now because he, everything he loved was like taken away from him. And like that, that's awful. But I hope he really like, comes back to the stuff he loves and I hope he stops like whitewashing his name like <laughs> yeah yeah that's a really good point that he felt like he had to be more white to fit in and to kind of like um separate himself more from his family and yeah that's really sad mm -hmm. it's really sad and it's really sad that he said when he did change his name from Rohan to Rowan that he stopped getting picked on so much he was left alone a little bit more yeah. that's like, really sad it seems like such a trivial thing but like Noel also changed his name to Yangi like the, the way like you present yourself is very much like like people will definitely treat you like differently and it's sad too because like I'm not, not the same ethnicity but part of like the same region that Rohan is from and Rohan is a very romantic name and like his last name is Singh and like Singhs are like known to be like warriors. Like they have like such a rich history and like very cool culture. And it's like, just really sad to like watch him like have distance himself from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because um, we were we were talking about a certain college that I went to and um, it was at that place that, um, so I grew up, I grew up Jewish, uh, I am Jewish. Um, I grew up ultra orthodox, and for a while, and then I, I kind of left being ultra orthodox. Now I'm just modern orthodox, and that was a big part of my journey. Like, oh, I'm not like that, and I rejected that part of my my my, my youth, my community. And for a while, I was a little bit embarrassed of like how I grew up because it's very different. It's very fundamentalist in many ways, um, and I left it for a reason. I didn't like it, um, many parts of it. But I remember when I went to um, my master's program, there were people from all over in like in the program. And I always kind of felt like I was different, right? Like, oh, I'm the only one who grew up that way. And then I went to the master's program. There were people from all over, like Asia and, you know, not so many in Europe, but like there are many wild parts of Asia and different cultures within America. And I was like, wait, I'm not the only different one. It's like, everyone here is different. And that's good. I was like, that's awesome. I love hearing about people, you know, their different cultures, the different values. And, and I was like, this is fantastic. And I stopped being embarrassed. And then I was like, you know, <laughs> I used to, and now I talk about it all the time. Like I, I used to never talk about it. And now I'm like, every podcast, I feel like I mentioned something about the way I grew up, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, at some point, it's great. That's another thing about being like, I think growing up from being a teenager. And then when you grow older is that at some point you stop being embarrassed about the things that you think make you different. And then you stop being, you start being proud of that. And start appreciating like where you're from and how it informed you and how it made you who you are and I don't know if, if that's if that's gonna be a theme of this this comic but it definitely is a theme in life <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely so um 
yeah, I guess uh, to talk a little bit more about Rowan, for um, I love what you said, Chewie, about how like when you take away the things that make you who you are, you get depressed. And I, you know, I love how it was so well described. Like he, I remember when he asked her out, he said, you know, how could someone so as bright as you love someone as lifeless as me? And I think that's a big reason that he was attracted to her. And he said that to her. He said, you know, you're so passionate. You know what you want out of life. And he was dead because he had cut himself off from the things that gave him life. And when you're like that, yeah, he was really drifting aimlessly. And like, he had this bad reputation in the school of being like a jock and being, you know, unmotivated and just being silly and frivolous. And that was what he turned to because he had, you know, he's like, okay, I can't do that anymore. I'm just going to give up basically. And I thought it was such a realistic reaction. And I'm loving how now the story is finally putting him in like the right path where he says, okay, you know, I messed it up with Camille and but she taught him a lesson. Like she was an impetus for him to get back to himself and to find himself again. And yeah, what do you think of the, the, the girl at the, at the comic book shop, right? Was it? You think there's going to be something between them? I was like, this is so soon. Like, bro, like, <laughs> he just got out of a relationship. But I guess it's the genre, but she's cute. <laughs> yeah. They might be more suited for each other. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not. We saw her like once. And <laughs> right? one thing in common so far that we know of. It's not really very much. That's true. But, <laughs> but and I mean, I they love... might work together now. So, you know. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> He needs yeah, to work just, on himself more, though, first. Yes, that is such a major lesson. And if you want to talk about that, like, working on yourself before getting into a relationship. Ooh, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you just, you gotta find yourself, because, like, my favorite quote is, like, how are you going to love someone else before you start loving yourself? Like, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love someone else? Like, it's such a major thing like I can't emphasize it enough to like other people like you need to love yourself first you need to e put emphasis on yourself because you have to live with you for the rest of your life so mm -hmm. people will come and go but like you're stuck with you so you gotta work on you and I think like Rohan really understood that because he was like, dude, he literally said like I like you like so much but like I am just in such a bad place that like this is not working and it's not on you and I don't want to like keep dragging you along so mm -hmm. yep huh. yeah but I'm happy that he's like taking the steps to, to find himself and you know um yeah become a fuller person <laughs> so I appreciate uh, oh sorry I got it I appreciate that um, it, the comic shows that, kind of like you said earlier, Mindy, that um, even if not all of our relationships last or work out, we can still be influenced by the people that we have in our lives, not only romantically, but friendships or, you know, uh, classmates or teacher-student relationship, whatever it may be. Um, so Camilla, even though she didn't understand his uh, interest in, like, the violent stuff, and she she didn't like it she, she tried to be supportive and she was like no if, you, if this is what you like then go towards it this is the most excited I've seen you talking about these things about anything before so I, I really appreciated that he took that encouragement even though he broke things off with her he took that encouragement to go look into it again and, and reach back to it mm -hmm. I yeah. hope that um 
Camilla and Ron, like, they can become friends again, at least. I hope they can be friends mm -hmm. again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just because their their romantic relationship wasn't meant to be doesn't mean that they can't grow with each other as friends. Mm -hmm. She was a good person for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was like one of the that was one of the things I was wary of because <clears throat> one of the reasons why I didn't like their relationship like at first was because I was like it's not her responsibility and like this is the way it was framed for a while like I was like it's not her responsibility to fix him like mm -hmm. like I understand that like couples are supposed to uh, support each other and stuff but like just like the way it was framed like initially like made me like no 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 like like you can't take all your problems out on her like she's not here to come in and like save you or fix you and all of that and I'm glad it turned out the way it did but I think that's why I was very apprehensive about their relationship for a while yeah so Chewie I've been married for 12 years and it took me like till now to learn that you can't fix anyone else and you know don't marry someone thinking you'll change them don't you know like at any point in your life someone wants to fix themselves they have to fix themselves nobody you can't make anyone change and yeah so that's what I'm saying like this is like high school um you know it's a, it's about high schoolers but the the lessons are so applicable to everybody mm -hmm. I mean I find it I'm very much in awe of that that lesson <laughs> um one yeah. thing I, okay, sorry go ahead Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, Mindy, you've mentioned before that like people are attracted to each other for their good qualities, but like people are also attracted to for some negative traits also, maybe not as consciously, it's more subconscious. So like, Christine, you were saying earlier, you have to work on yourself so that you know what those things are <laughs> and so you can be aware of them. One of my friends is a serial dater. She just like relationship to relationship to relationship. She's like, she's not been single for longer than like, a few weeks in a really long time because <laughs> it just like goes from one relationship to another but they all turn out the same <laughs> it's just all these patterns and i just feel so bad for her because she just like can't see the patterns that are happening and like it's attracted to the same type of person over and over again so it's hopefully a lesson for both rohan and camilla like maybe looking back one day they can see not only the positive things about each other, but also like, why did Camilla agree to it? Why did, why was Rohan drawn to her? Stuff like that. Right. You know, that's interesting. I think it's pretty clear why Rohan was drawn to her because she had purpose in life and he didn't. So he kind of gravitated to that, like a moth to the flame. He kind of, I think he unconsciously realized he needed someone like that to give him life again and to inspire him, to set him on the right path. Um, but for her, I think she said yes, because she's kind of like a people pleaser. And she didn't want to say no. And she, and like you said, it's her optimism also. She was like, well, he, why not? Like, let's try it, you know? And obviously there was the whole thing with like, she was interested in Victor, but then she assumed he wasn't interested in her. And so that pushed her towards Rohan as well. Mm -hmm. But you know what I found? What I found really interesting was that, and I never really experienced this myself because I, I don't, I haven't been date much before I met my husband, but if she viewed him as a friend and that didn't change and I think sometimes a lot of times like people maybe try to shoehorn their feelings or make their feelings more than what they are because they really genuinely like the person and they care for them but I think that kind of like you know when it's not the right one or when it's never going to become romantic I don't know because people also say that they they went from friends to, to lovers as well so I don't know what do you think of that <laughs> 
I had a, um, this was my freshman year in um, high school. Uh, we were in our high school musical together and this guy, I don't even remember his name anymore. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, How important he was. <laughs> yeah. But he, like, I would always, like, say hi to him. Like, I didn't really, we didn't have any classes together because he was an upperclassman. But, like, I was always nice to him. We would always chat and stuff. And then I come to find out that he liked me. And I was like, oh, like, I never saw you like that. So, like, I, I, I said no. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, it, sometimes you just don't see it coming. <laughs> Like, you think you're being friendly, and then all of a sudden, like, the other person's like, hey, I like you, and I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> but me and my fiancé, we did start off as <laughs> friends, and then <laughs> we had um, we had class together, and then we, now we're engaged. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. What class? Um, Filipino class, Tagalog class. <laughs> we both yeah. are Filipino, and we both do not speak <laughs> <laughs> well, not even after that class huh <laughs> I mean I I can understand it and I speak it like very brokenly like I like I if I speak it it's mostly to like my parents specifically my mom but him is like not at all yeah oh well um okay anyone else have any thoughts on like sometimes you know that it's not destined to be but Okay. <laughs> um, and another thing, sorry, like, whatever, I really have a different lamp, but it's somewhere, I don't know where it is. Um, so another thing that I liked was that Camille mentioned, that the fact that Camille's parents struggle financially, and that impacts her, and, you know, she has to try to raise money herself, and she's not sure if she'll be able to continue. Um, as someone who has always been, uh, what's the word, <laughs> I guess, money challenged, I did not grow up in a well-to-do home at all. My parents always struggle with money. Uh, neither my husband and I are very, I, I like to say we're, we're not into money, so that's why, but we're, we never focus on it at all. And as a result, uh, you know, our life reflected that. Um, so I very much related to that. And I think that like sometimes financial struggles are not talked about enough, but they're a huge part of life and a huge source of stress for people. So you know, and it's interesting to see it from the perspective of the daughter, right? Because she's not responsible for earning money, but she and her siblings do want to help out, which not my parents never asked us to help out, which is interesting. But she mentions, you know, she's like, oh, my parents. The, another thing I found interesting was that she mentions that her parents are immigrants and that, you know, the older siblings are like, oh, we have a different culture. And that I definitely couldn't really do. Um, my mom was Israeli and different kinds of things with, with what Camilla seems to be facing. But definitely like there's a difference when your parent is not from the country and like there's culture differences. And it is a huge source of um, frustration for Camilla throughout her life because part of her enthusiasm in trying new things is, yay, it's fun, it's a new thing. But also, like, she can't stick with something for super long because they can't afford to stick with it for long term. So part of the reason why she, it was, like, so devastating for her to break up with Rohan was because it was, like, it's another thing that I can't have. <laughs> Right. That's not his fault. It's another thing that I'm messing up, that I'm screwing up, that I'm losing. She has like so much um, familiarity with losing things. 
Yeah, that was it. That was I really like that. I felt for her when she said that because you know that's it's interesting because that also could be sometimes we have reasons for sticking with things that are different than what you would expect. And Camila, yeah, that, that that could be an important motivation for her. It's like, oh, I want something to work out in my life. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys have anything else you want to say about Camila before we move on to the next next character? I love her. Uh, just real quick. <laughs> oh, I know, it's so cute. <laughs> I'm like the the trope of like cutting off your hair and like I'm starting fresh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I guess going off of our, on talking about her parents, her parents are super busy trying to find work, working a lot, and so they all like the whole family works together as a unit, but she hardly sees her parents. I think also it adds to Camilla's frustration and stress, and makes my heart hurt for her. It's nobody's fault, you know. Mm-hmm. It's another part of the financial trouble that people have. You have a lot of people have to work a lot and they can't spend as much time with their family as they, as they would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a year when I did not see my kids at all, except for like Sabbath when I don't work. But literally, I was literally at work or school every other hour. I would come home like mm, earliest was 11 and latest was two. It was, it was like insane. It was, I can't quantify the worst year of my life because it's hard to say that, but probably pretty close to the worst mm-hmm. year because I was working or in school all the time and I was never home. It was, just awful. So yes, I'm sure my kids didn't enjoy that year either. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, um, uh, my dad was in the Navy for, um, he did the full like 20 years. So he was gone for like, um, you know, most of the, most of the time, like he would come home on weekends if that, and then my mom was always working, even working overtime. So like, I barely saw my parents like growing up. <sighs> it's hard. <laughs> Mm. yeah <laughs> um so victor <laughs> let's talk about victor and his personality oh he's rough around the edges but he's a softie <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's that? interesting yeah. oh sorry i didn't i don't mean to keep talking but like i guess a lot of the high school i mean Okay, let me think. I just started five sentences at the same time. Hold on, let me back up. <laughs> so the comic is about high school students and a significant part of being a high school student is your relationship with your parents and your, fa- your friends and stuff. Um, but Victor also has issues with his parents. He doesn't live with his parents, mm-hmm. but we don't find that out until like uh, a while into a the while. comic. I mean, I mean, he's not the main character, but... Um, yeah, it makes me really sad for him that his parents are so intense with him about trying to be so good at music that he, like, doesn't even enjoy it most of the time anymore. It's, like, a huge source of stress for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in this last episode, the, the most recent one that just came out was his dad Oof. is, like, downright is abusive. That's it. Like, until now, the episode like, okay, might have come out yet. I think the new one came out just now because it's like, yeah, I know. yeah, it just, it I, just, just yeah. <laughs> I read it before this and I'm like, <gasps> yeah, uh, that's the line. I mean, before that, you could say, maybe okay, he's just a pressuring dad, but no, this is flat out abusive. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, I, a, I'm happy Victor doesn't live with his parents because I'm sure living with his parents is worth his, like his aunt and uncle are so sweet and loving mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and accepting. I mean, Mrs. P. Petrowski, and um, just such a wonderful person in so many ways. And she has a great character. She's supportive. 
Um, she's there for them. But I have to say also, I love how she's not flat. She's not like, everything's amazing. Like she gets stressed yes. out also. She yes. sometimes is a little snappy at the students. She's like worried about the future of the band. She cries to her husband. You know, she's a fully fleshed out character too. Mm-hmm. Love her. Yeah, which is, I think it's also a big lesson because I know, especially for when you're younger and you look as, you look at adults as like these infallible creations, you know, they're like, they know everything or they're perfect. I mean, either you hate them, like you're like, oh, they're adults, they suck. Or like, you know, or you're like, you think you idolize them. Um, and then, then you grow up and I don't know about you, like at some point I looked around and I'm like, oh my God, we're the adults. <laughs> like, no, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not, like, we're human beings. Like we have our good days. We have our bad days. You know, I have time from irritated at my kids for no good reason, just because of my personal reasons and nothing to do with them, you know? And like, yeah, Mrs. Petrowski, like, yeah, she's a wonderful person, but she's also a human. You know, she has her struggles and her stresses and her, her doubts. So I'd like to see that reality. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I don't want to talk more about Victor and like his his relationship with music because I find that very interesting because it's also not simple. Mm-hmm. I can I can relate to Victor in that sense because so my relationship with music is kind of weird too because it was almost forced upon me. Um, like because so my mom is a PK or a preacher's kid, so she grew up like my grandpa was a pastor and she grew up like you know having to sing in church and all that stuff and so what happens I had to sing in church I had to do all that stuff and so it was kind of like no you you will do this you have to do this um sing at like you know sing for your auntie sing for your sing at the karaoke at the party like why won't you sing blah 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 so it's I have this weird dynamic with music in that sense, well, sing it with me singing in particular, I'm very like mm, about it. So I can totally relate to that. Do you have love for singing though? I do. I love, yeah, I love it. I love, especially like <laughs> singing in the car. <laughs> but like, if you ask me to like perform in front of, I'm like, mm, no, I'm okay. Thanks. Mm. Like the most I will do is like karaoke with like friends, but I'm like, mm, even then I'm like, I will half-ass it. <laughs> you think it would have been different if you hadn't had that pressure placed mm-hmm. on you? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's what I also find interesting about Victor with music because, you know, he says that he started out loving it. And then because of all the pressure, he kind of grew to associate it with just stress and, you know, anxiety and ambition and you know he he has that whole line with his Rosalind right um this girl at at Ashmond right so he used to be go to Ashmond and he was that's like a special school for performing arts or whatever and then he was kicked out apparently he wasn't good enough and he's here at Paramount right (laughs) um and that's like he has this whole complex where it's like oh this is like a trashy school and they're not really serious about music here and which is also a very interesting lesson about like snobbery because <laughs> not everyone's a snob. I, I think I, <laughs> I was definitely born a snob and it's something I work on every single day of my life. It's um, very deeply embedded, let's just say, but I, I have a very strong value to not be snobby. So like, it's always in conflict, but you know, Victor's a snob and he looks around and, and he's like, they're not serious about music. They just want to play around and fool around. And that's a very 
interesting that Camilla on one hand does teach him, you know, she tells him, she's like, what, you don't like music anymore? I have to teach you to have fun. And they have this little fun music lesson after he does her, his serious music lesson. And what, what I like about this story is that it isn't black or white thinking because it, it's, life is not all about having fun, but there's two elements. There's the Camille side, like you have to have fun. And then this Victor, like you have to, you know, be good at it. And like, obviously it's all a balance. Like you can't like, you know, you have to choose what you're going to be good at and what you're going to be like not good at and mediocre at. And then you also have to know when to have fun. And it's such a perfect mix because it's, you know, a lot of people like to advocate for their side. Like if you're like a, a type A personality, then, you know, for you, life is all about achievement. You're like, you have to achieve. Like my brother's very much like this. He can be very annoying. Uh, he's, he's younger. He's like 10 years younger than me. So whatever, hopefully we'll talk off to age. But he reminds me of myself when I was younger. Um, very much like very high pressure, very stressed. Like everything has to be perfect. Like he's, you know, when he works, he works out as one of his interests. He's like beyond buff. Like he can do crazy things with his body. Like he can, you know, hold himself by his hands and do all these crazy stuff. So he's very, very motivated and he gets very far, but he also can be a little bit of an asshole like to be around because he's very judgy and he judges everyone and he expects you to reach his standards. So like he judges everyone around him. And, you know, I was like that a lot. I, I don't think I was quite as, I was also a lot more drifty. So I never even reached the levels he does, you know, like, because I never sat down there and like, I was much more like Camille, like I was interested in a lot of things and I just like kind of floated around. So I, <laughs> I was judgy without being good at anything. But anyway, <laughs> um, so there's like those, that kind, those kind of people who like life is all about achievement, achievement, AA, you know, like get, get ahead. And then there's, you know, the Camille side, which is actually not really Camille because she is dedicated. But there's people who are like, no, life's about enjoying yourself. Life's about having fun. And both of them have a point. And I'm glad that the story doesn't say, hey, it's, it's just this or it's just that. It's very balanced. And it's hard to figure that out. Even like every person has to struggle with that at different points in their life. Mm -hmm. I know if you guys have. Uh, I that. listened to an interview with uh, Paul McCartney and he was kind of talking about this and the interview was asking him like, how do you still have motivation? How do you still like, you know, come up with new song ideas and stuff? And like, what's your process like? And he was like, well, you know, you, you don't work music, you play music. <laughs> so he like, you know, explained that, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a fun thing. It's supposed to be something that like brings you joy, hopefully. And, and I don't blame Victor for losing the joy with music because of the environment he grew up in, because of the pressure he had, not only from his dad, but from the previous school. It's a really, mm, if you're trying to be a professional musician, um, like a performing musician, it is so high pressure. There are so many people who are trying to be a professional singer or a professional trumpet player or a professional, you know, horn player. There's a lot of competition. So you kind of need to have the dedication and the focus. Um, but you know, it's still a beautiful thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder where Victor will end up. Like, I wonder, I don't know how long uh, in the future the comic is planning on going. Like, I don't know if we'll, you know, go into adulthood, but it would be really interesting to see what Victor chooses as an adult to do with his life. Mm -hmm. He could be a teacher. Um, what? <laughs> he could be a teacher. He's a really good teacher so far. I don't know. Like, he doesn't talk about what he wants to do. You know, he hasn't really addressed that, I think, because, you know, Camille's just trying to teach him, oh, like, you should like music again. But he hasn't really, I don't think he's thought about what he wants to do in the future for himself. I don't think that's something that he's done yet. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 
I'm forgetting I something. I don't think so. I don't know that he has the capacity to think that far ahead yet because he's so focused on finishing high school. And what's going to happen next year? Is he going to stay at Claremont? Is he going to go back to Ashmont? Ashcroft? Ashmont? Ashcroft? <laughs> what was it? Whatever it's called. <laughs> Ash something. Uh, people are yelling at me. Hold on. <laughs> Let me go look it up. Okay. Con- continue. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Hold on. I made a whole list. Of um, yeah, that's a big thing for him. You know, Ash- Ashcroft. <laughs> because Ashcroft. Um, where is my stuff? Hold on. Search. Uh, Ashmont. Let's see here. I might have been writing it down wrong the whole time, but I think it's Ashmont. Yeah. Um, I have it in my notes as Ashmont, so let's assume it's that. Um, so yeah, that's a big thing for him because he, what do you, what do you think he feels about Ashmont? Because he had, he had like a negative experience there, but he wants to go back. And I mean, I think we know it's pretty clear why. <laughs> he just that holds is- it. Yeah, it's like his, you know, his, oh my God, that's my, that's the school I'm supposed to go to. Like, that's the end goal. So I don't know. Yeah, I, just, just- I just confirmed it's Ashmont. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Laura. He didn't really seem to have, um, other than Rosalind, Rosalind, like, we don't know about any other relationships he had at the school, but he didn't seem to enjoy his time or connect with anyone except for Rosalind. Mm -hmm. Um, So he feels immense pressure to go back, but I don't know that he necessarily wants to. I don't like the vibe I'm getting from Rose. Yeah, let's talk about her. That yeah. small interaction we got with, um, like, after the concert and Camilla broke down and stuff, like, and, like, Victor and Rose, like, had that confrontation for, like, five seconds. Like, it just felt like she was baiting him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think she's a good influence on him because, like, you could clearly tell that, like, Camilla messed up and Victor, like, impromptu just, like, came in and tried to fix things as much as he could and there's no, she definitely knew that. And she still was like, oh, I guess you're not as good as me. Like, look at you. Um, and like, I just, I don't know where she has this like superiority complex from, but I don't think it's healthy for Victor. And it's kind of like abusive slash toxic relationships that like, you want to prove your worth to them, even though it shouldn't be like worth your time. So I feel like that's why Victor wants to go back because it's like, I, I can be better, like, blah, all of that, like, it's just, like, she makes him feel so, like, especially bad about himself, that's why he keeps wanting to go back and to prove himself, even though it, if it hurts him in the long run, which it obviously is. Oh, I thought that, that was so well said. Mm-hmm. That sounded really, I mean, definitely what she said at the end, it sounded very toxic and very, um, you know, nasty. <clears throat> um, one thing, though, like, I, I wonder, it's a, do you think there's a romantic relationship or there was romantic interest? Because she did give him that little charm, and if you remember, like a little horn charm. Um, and he keeps seeing her as like this beautiful woman, girl, sorry, if they're in high school, sorry, with like this, uh, you know, curly hair, whatever. Do you think there was romantic interest? I think I on his side. Yeah. I, I don't think, like, I don't, 
they could have been in a relationship they could have not been I'm not putting any bets my guess is that he had feelings for her and she knew it and she like used it to kind of lead him on and be like give herself an ego trip or something I don't want to judge her too harshly but literally everything we've gotten about her is negative and we're like quite far into this almost 100 episodes so like I think I'm a little fair to be like "Mm, no you're not a good got a good good person (laughs) yeah I mean they're still in high school so I remember when I was in high school I did not know how to communicate very well and my high school boyfriend did not know how to communicate very well so when we had a conflict he ghosted me (laughs) just just left (laughs) And that's kind of what Victor did to Rosalind. Like, I just was rereading through preparing for tonight. And um, one of, like, the last text conversations that he got from her was, like, you couldn't tell me? Like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me what was going on? Um, And, like, maybe, I don't know. Who knows what the relationship was like? We don't know a whole lot. But we can assume that they were at least friends. And maybe to have him withhold something that was whatever it was. Uh, felt like well did you think we were not as good friends as we were and then like he gets a text from her in the middle of the school year and he deletes it well it's her inviting him to go see her perform so that's probably really emotional so not saying that victor is like a saint or whatever not saying that she's an evil witch (laughs) but like there's probably just it's hard to communicate you know these relationships people they're learning how to Communicate and Victor especially is not communicative, okay, <laughs> compared to the other characters. Right. Oh <laughs> Victor, he's hilarious. I love Victor, by the way. He's such a cutie pie. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if, like, if he was a grown-up, if I would be into Victor, but, like, he's such a sweetie. Like, I feel for him, you know, like, oh. Um, I, I, I also, can fix um, him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What was that, Chewie? Um, I can fix him. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I can fix him, guys. No, but um, I was gonna touch on um his character design too. I like that he, I like also the not only the variety of character designs that we get in Brass and Sass, but like the fact that you know he has arm hair, like he's yeah. he's a hairy guy. He's so. Armpit hair also. Yeah. He's shower. Yeah. First time I've seen armpit hair in webtoons ever. Have you yeah. ever seen armpit hair in webtoons? Like, no, or doesn't have, have armpit hair. Nobody has hair in webtoons. Yeah. <laughs> or born shaven, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like I like that part of him. I don't know why. <laughs> I I, it's just like yeah. I feel like it contrasts him very nicely, his character design and his personality, because his hair is like a mess. But it's cute, it's endearing. And like the arm hair like gives him a more natural, real feeling compared to like his the way he at least he used to act which is like very controlled and like posh and all of that so I feel like it was intentional to like give like you know like to show that he's not you know this like posh asshole he's like this you know he's just like a kid but I feel like that's the character that character design was done intentionally mm-hmm. yeah you know I, I didn't notice his hair I never thought about like what it would mean for his character but I'll give it some thought now afterwards <laughs> Because, like, yeah. why wouldn't it be, like, slicked back or, like, done in a ponytail or something, like, very trimmed or, like, something good so it doesn't get in the way of, like, performing or whatever. But instead, it's given a lot of personality and volume, which I thought really 
is nice especially because his like build is like very skinny and like that too so like the hair gives it more personality I guess yeah I think it shows like teenage awkwardness and like Laura what you were saying like these are teenagers I mean high school like yes we it's true we you know we get a negative impression of Rosalind now but we don't know the full story and yeah they're teenagers like they're really you know they're middle of growing up and you know, a, a one thing that this comic also does nicely is there's no villain in the comic. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if we're going to get Rosalind's story, if she's going to become a character who's important enough. But I wouldn't be surprised if the author does give us a full character for her and we'll get to know her and understand her and be more sympathetic to her. Because I don't know if you want to segue to Beth, but Beth in the beginning, we didn't get such a good vibe from her. Mm-hmm. She seemed jealous. She seemed like competition, like uh, competitive. She seemed to be like putting Camilla down. But then, lo and behold, she turned out to be a wonderful character with her own struggles and that made her behave that way. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we get kind of some more- I'm expecting it because I feel like, especially in the next season, like we need to like see what happened with Victor and like his, like the whole Ashmont thing. Like, Cause we got like different glimpses, but I feel like for the story to really progress, like we do need a confrontation with Rose, especially for yes. Victor to like move on. Like mm-hmm. he does need to confront her and stuff like that. So. I, I am expecting her backstory to come soon. I can't wait because I feel like she's like one of those characters that we've been waiting for. It's like kind of like Age Matters where like there were certain characters that like for a really long time we didn't get backstories of, but when they did it like made sense, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do let's talk about Beth. Who wants to talk about, about her and what her personality is, her struggles are? I hated Beth in the beginning. <laughs> I could not stand her. I was like, she's getting in the way of our ship. Like, go away. Why are you so jealous? But then, like, um, I think it was the episode when um, she started talking about her, like, playing the piano and how she gets, like, it feels like she's drowning when she has to, like, perform. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I related to that so, so much, and I was like, okay, you got me. I'm, <laughs> you are me, I am you, I got you, girl. I love yes. her. Yeah, I love her now. That, that drowning, like, what you did with your hands, Laura, I mean, it's such a perfect, um, like, illustration, like, literally illustration of how she feels. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say I've ever felt that way. I've never been, like, a stage fight kind of person, and never, so, like, whatever but I it's like whoa it's so visceral that that feeling and um one of my proudest moments was when Beth overcame that when she after um Rowan stormed out and of the party and he you know was upset at Camille Beth you know wanted to confront him she felt like she was drowning but she pushed it down she said you know I'm doing this I gotta tell him and you know she told him this whole wonderful line about you know you um are relying on Camila too much. And that was based on her experience, which was amazing. Like she was into Victor, she was not into her back. He was into Camila without really recognizing it, which is another thing. <laughs> and, you know, and she was so mature. I mean, she went through a lot. Like she started out, <laughs> it must be so tough to have unrequited love. And the way she handled that was amazing. I was so impressed. Like she really was accepted it Victor's not into her and I'm you know I'm going to be able to move on which I mean I don't know how adults handle that and she's like a teenager handling that I'm so impressed I really feel like it shows her true strength of character because like honestly to be able to do that like 
I don't think like Camilla or like Victor could even be able to do that. Like I feel like Beth is uniquely equipped to do that. Like she she has a lot of like inner strength that we didn't see for a really long time. But I'm glad we saw her. She's like one of my favorite characters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know because Camilla, um, when she thought that Victor was rejecting her at the pool, and he was like, "You're my student," she was like, "Oh, okay, we're, we're <laughs> nothing else. You're just my teacher. Oh You're just my teacher. Okay, so I guess I'll go be with Rohan. You're like, oh, you know, whatever." So that was her way of dealing with it. Was not the healthiest, not the healthiest way. But I think uh, Beth was able to handle that rejection so well. Partly because of Camilla, because uh, Camilla was like, hey, 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 I know we both like the same dude, but like, did he reject you? He's so stupid. Why would he do that? <laughs> you know, she just like was really trying to cheer her up. And even though Beth was like confused, like, what, what, what are you doing? And not really trusting Camilla's intentions or what her actions, <laughs> but their friendship is so sweet. It's so, so sweet. Be her so friend. Wholesome. It's so. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, and it was really, really healthy for her to have other people than just Victor. So, yeah, like you said, Mindy, she was able to recognize that her behavior to just clinging, clinging to Victor was unhealthy and was not helpful for her. Um, and so she was able to recognize that in herself so she could talk to Rohan about it. Oh, boy, the inside of these teenagers is so <laughs> impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I remember being in high school and not having this level of insight at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't I can't even remember what I thought I mean yeah anyway but yeah and, and the courage it took for her to say that to him you know the it's hard to you know it's what was it Dumbledore said it to to Neville Longbottom that it's one thing to stand up to your enemies but it's even harder to stand up to your friends mm-hmm. and you know he wasn't her friend I would say but it's so hard to tell people critical feedback about them you know and and he was not in a good mood at all. Like, no. I would not have. Sorry. Oh Unhappy. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, sorry. I'm going to walk away now. <laughs> but it took a lot of courage for her to do that. And she did. And She's a very strong awesome. character. For sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the pressure that she deals with. And that it's the reason that she and Victor um, connected so much because she has a mom who is also extremely, um, you know, like puts a ton of pressure on her, disregards her daughter's inherent interests. Like Beth obviously likes to draw and her mom thinks it's a waste of time and berates her for that. And it's just like, oh my gosh. I, <sighs> I, I get, so I got very upset when I saw the mom treating her that way. Um, yeah, so what is Usually- Oh, go ahead, Mindy. Go ahead. Oh, especially when um, Beth was like, I've already done all my practicing. I've done all my homework. I have like 20 minutes of free time. Isn't it okay that I draw? She's like, you should use that to practice more. Like, that's unrealistic. That's so unhealthy. You need, Mm -hmm. your brain needs a break Mm -hmm. from stuff sometimes. That was so interesting when she said, I want to quit. Like, I thought like, I was like, well, I wasn't expecting that. But like, I feel like, especially if she's gonna quit, Victor won't. Like, I think he'll still continue down that path just so that, like, they have that juxtaposition because I think it seems like Beth, like, of course, she probably likes it in a way. Like, there's something very fulfilling about playing an instrument, but it's not for everybody. And I think, especially, like, her saying, I want to quit was, like, 
she didn't even realize that that's what she wanted until she said it in that moment. So like, I'm honestly just really glad that she, I think now, I I don't think we got anything with her after that, after she said that. But I think that now she'll be more aware of what she wants and will probably like, I don't know if her mom will let her quit, but I hope she does so that she can become like Da Vinci. (laughs) And, you know, that's a very interesting thing because, you know, you said you were talking about like, how much does she like it? Sometimes like you could like it and it's great, but then all the circumstances around it make you not like it. Like if her mom hadn't pressured her, maybe she would have continued music for God knows how long, but it could be that now for the rest of her life, she'll never touch a piano or whatever. Sorry, <laughs> piano. She'll never touch an instrument again because of her mom's pressure. So too much could you know, make you crack and backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also want to talk about the mom, the, the reasoning the mom uses? Because if I, if I recall correctly, the mom tells her, you know, I'm giving you opportunities that I never had. And that's why you have to pursue that. So what do you think of that? <laughs> Um, talk about like all of like well in my experience all of like Filipino immigrant parents Mm. that is exactly it to a T yeah it's like I came it's like oh I came to this country to give you opportunities so that you can go to college so that you can you know get your degrees did I do that no (laughs) it's the projection it's not it's not cool at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I relate to some of that in a way because I definitely, you know, my kids are growing up differently than I grew up. Like when, when I was growing up, I never thought that I would go to college. I never thought that I could have a career. Those were just not options where I was from. And I fought very hard to have those options. And, you know, now my kids have that. But I have to say, like, I'm not that kind of pressuring parent. Because, because specifically, I know what it was like to rebel against my parents and to disappoint my parents and, you know, to have them want a path for me that I didn't want for myself. So ever since I went through that as a teenager, I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that to my kids. My kids are going to have their own life. And I'm not going to pressure them. And like, they do whatever they want. But, you know, I could, I, I can see myself, like, theoretically, I could be like, yeah, I could tell my, I, I could have theoretically been the kind of person who tells my kid, hey, you know, you have the opportunity to go to college. And I didn't, I mean, I did, but whatever, let's see, let's simplify it. Um, you know, I, I could see myself being that, but I must be on that. But like, I, I can understand, like, if a parent, you know, really, really, really worked hard and it was like a major thing for them, I can see where they would be disappointed. It's like, you're throwing away the opportunities that I gave you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I don't think this justifies Mrs. Um, Swank, I think her name is. Swank, I think. Yeah. Um, one thing to like give your kid opportunities and it's another thing to push them into, into it mm-hmm. yep. I think it's interesting too that a lot of the kids are children of immigrants like I feel like that's a really interesting theme because not all of the parents do but quite a few of them do a lot of projection onto their kids and I think that's why their kids struggle with not having this strong sense of identity I mean they're also kids but I think on top of that like because their parents have like tried to mold them to become whatever they want them to become like they don't understand why like this path that they were put on that they think that they want isn't working and it's like really sad to see them blame themselves too for it like they're also hard on themselves and I'm like bruh 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's actually what you said. Another thing that I love about this comic, um, the fact that they're hard on themselves, to me, it it indicates a sign of people who care and who care about their their choices in life. And that to me is the strength of this comic um, that I haven't really seen in so many others, which is the concern with doing the right thing. And that was something that to, the way I grew up, that was like the number one thing that my parents instilled in us is like, do the right thing, do the right thing, be a good person, do the right thing. And the, the thing that I love is that everyone here is trying to do the right thing and is trying to be a good person. And especially Camila, that's her strength. Like she's such a nice, kind, generous, giving person. And she always tries to do the right thing by her parents, by her friends, to her family, her siblings. And she's just always a good, like she's just trying to make good choices. And I love that, that focus on, on morality and on doing the right thing. I love, love, love it <laughs> because I really, I also think it's the most important thing in life. And I just love that, you know, this story focuses on that. Mm -hmm. um, what else did we just need to discuss? Oh, well, we didn't discuss a big one, Victor and Camila's romance <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> They're complete, like, lack of timing. Like, <laughs> ship sailing in the night. Victor yep. being totally so cute, though. <laughs> yeah, who wants to talk about it? It'll, I'm like, it'll happen eventually, but right now they're just going, like, <laughs> two different directions. They're so cute. They're adorable. Like they're heading like the same direction, but in like different ways. Like just, mm -hmm. I'm like eventually they'll. I'm excited to see it like come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, how that'll happen. It's I love the fact that like Victor now knows that like Camilla had a, had a crush on him, and he's like his reaction. He, he was like, oh my god! Like <laughs> I forgot that he didn't know that Camilla liked her at one point. Like I guess I just assumed at some point that he knew, but you know, mm -hmm. oh whoops. Now I realize that, oh, he didn't know. No, he didn't <laughs> like, know. It's so funny. And now he's like, are you serious? And oh. then when Death was like, I think she just likes you platonically now. He was just oh. like, not He was in his head. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't have accepted it. Like, even if he would have known she liked him, he was in denial of his feelings for her. He took a long time to understand that. I mean, Camilla recognized her crush on him early, and she was kind of hesitant. She wasn't sure if she liked him or his music, mm. which I thought was fascinating. But um, she at least recognized, like, she, she was into him. But Victor was so, like, clueless. And he's like, what's this feeling? When I see her in Rohan, I just feel hurt inside. I don't know why. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, I hated looking at it. I was like, y'all are dumb. Right. <laughs> oh, like, we can tell you, you have a crush on her, Victor. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, he didn't know that Beth liked him, and she was so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think it comes back to what we were talking about before. Like, all the pressure he had on himself really put him in his head. He, like, was not aware. Yeah, yeah, Tunnel vision, kind of. Yeah. So he just, like, was kind of oblivious to anything that wasn't his studies, music. Like, he wasn't really conscious of the people around him. So it's really sweet to see him, like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Coming around. What was he doing? He was literally like, I want to strangle my past self. And I was like... That was literally me because, like, <laughs> it's like right. very endearing. It's like we all wanted to strangle you. You were a little much. <laughs> I 
he's not the most social, socially uh, adept character. He's not, he's just not. Like he's very mm-hmm. rude to Camilla in the beginning. He only has one friend, Beth, like also in the beginning. Like I, even now, like he's thought out a little bit, but he's, I don't think he really has other friends, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it maybe because of what he's been experiencing, but you know, not everyone has the most socially adept, you know, personality. And yeah, we said, we started out saying he's rough around the edges. Yeah, he is. Maybe that's why he has the arm here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's my fiance. He is not the most sociable person mm-hmm. in the world, but, and I'm not like a social butterfly either, but I'm compared to him. I, I have so many friends. <laughs> he has like this many. Yeah. And for some people, that's okay. Oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead, Julie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, like, do our, I don't know if it's webtoons or or if it's like stories in general, whether it's movies or TV. Like, do we do we tend to get it about more like socially suave characters, like characters who are very popular and have good personality, like easy personalities? I'm trying to figure out if like, if this is, if Victor is an anomaly, not, you know, the fact that he's social awkward, but we don't even notice it. Like, I don't know, he's so lovable that you don't even like notice that he's not so good with, with people. <laughs> well, he also kind of talks about it like he was not expecting to stay at Claremont for more than a year. He, so he was like, what's the point? I'm, I'm not going to be here next year. Like, why would I try to make friends? So maybe, the, and now he like is wanting to stay. And now that he's opening himself up to the people, like he um, is telling people now that uh, Mrs. Petraki is Petreski. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. P is his aunt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and had people over to help get ready for, you know, the concert and stuff. Yeah. So he's like making steps. And now that he's opened himself up, he wants to stay. He's made connections. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Because I think he, he isn't sure of what he wants now, right? Whether he wants to go back to Ashmont or stay there. Any guesses? I feel like I know what's gonna happen, and that's he's that he's not going back to his dad's house because through <laughs> that. Oh I feel like Mrs. P will fight tooth and nail for him. Mm-mm. That's also another important issue. Um, I had a kid in my in my high school class who had an abusive father, and she, for much of her high school, for much of her life, she lived with her grandparents um, because her father was such a horrible person. Um, and, you know, everyone in the class knew, like, everyone in the class knew she lived with her grandparents. I don't think everyone knew about her father. Um, I did, because she was one of my closer friends. Um, not a super close friend, but she was one of my friends. And, you know, yeah, it's a thing that kids deal with, you know, and thank God that Victor has better people in his life to live with um, and to get him out of that situation. Because um, sometimes it's very good not to live with your parents. <laughs> You know, uh, a lot of times parents have this thing where, you know, they're like, oh, I gave birth to you, so you owe me and you have to be, you know, be there for me. And, and no, if your parent is abusive, you do not owe them. You don't have to, you don't have to give up your life to accommodate them. And sometimes the best situation is not to live with your parents, no matter how guilty they may make you feel for that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, any other thoughts about Everything, anything your brass and sass. Oh, we were gonna talk about the the soundtrack. The soundtrack is gorgeous, gorgeous. My favorite one is uh, I was listening to it before we we started recording. 
uh i forgot what it was called it's violet something violet something it was the one where i think beth started feeling like she was drowning i think it was that music that one just like uh like without words describes exactly what she's feeling oh i thought you brought it up and i can't believe i i forgot that but yeah it's a major part of the the story especially since it's very music focused Mm -hmm. and a lot of the tracks are very like light and they're they have that they're so perfect for brass and sass because they have this like happy light feel you know and again like deceptive right because it's you know deceptively a light comic and happy and and sweet but then there's like all these heavy serious themes done without being depressing right like we just talked about really serious topics but it's not heavy as you don't leave depressed you don't leave like anxious it's always very positive Mm -hmm. and like the tracks are like that too they're, to me, they're always like very calming and soothing and happy. Because <laughs> it's like, ones... gives you a sense like it's going to work out in the end. So you don't have to, you know, <laughs> be as anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's another thing I like about this comic too. I'm very much a happy endings person. So I'm like, yeah, yes, I think all the happy endings. <laughs> and again, <laughs> like know, everyone, contrast. Everyone out and everyone finds the right thing in the life and everyone mm-hmm. makes choices. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I think I need like brass and sass and like stories like that, especially in contrast to I of you views. And I of you, like people die. People make mistakes for like 50 years. People don't change. Like it's very realistic in that way. And so sometimes sometimes you need like a story that's it'll be like, it sucks, but it'll work out in the end. Like you'll find your true love. You'll do all this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long do you think uh Brass and Sass is gonna follow them into? Do you think it'll be like through their high school or do you think it'll get a little farther? For the genre, I assumed it would be the end of high school, but I would love to see them later. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm kind of thinking high school too yeah yeah It'll be, i think high school and then hopefully we get like a little epilogue with them like maybe oh. college or something that'd be cute Aww. yeah yeah that'd be nice yeah so what else you have about brass's ass did we miss anything <laughs> mm. no we hit everything okay we could also do some pause for thinking time but yeah this was, I guess we could we could end with our like favorite thing about brass and sass I know I probably said that already okay mine was that it's so positive and so optimistic and that everyone is is trying to do the right thing and like it's just a very wholesome approach to life wholesome that's it that's the word <laughs> yeah what's, what's your favorite thing about brass and sass and we'll, we'll end with that hmm. Um, I guess my my favorite thing is um, Camilla's um, earnestness, her sincerity, and her excitement for life. <laughs> She's so um, honest about like the things she really loves, and it's just like just wholeheartedly loves it, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. And when you see that, that also like inspires you. You know, anyone who's around mm-hmm. that kind of person, it's just, very like, charming. Go on, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Christine Chewy, what's your favorite thing? I love how well-rounded all the characters are. Like, and I like how like even characters that I didn't like in the beginning, like we see a different side of them, or like characters that well, like we just get they're just so well-rounded. Like I love that Ron has like 
you know, weight, like had weight issues and that affects him. I like that um, Bethany has, you know, just can't, it, like she gets nervous, like performing in front of people. Like it, it's, it's so well-rounded. Like there's onion, they're, they're onions. Mm-hmm. They have layers. <laughs> Yeah, the story is just so well told, and I think like shouts out to the creator. Like it's really like her like way of telling the story that makes it really magical. I personally love like all the themes it touches on. I mean, like I am literally in the age group that these kids are in too. So like this sort of stuff always hits a little closer to home. Um, even like other comics that are around like these sorts of things. So like. I think I just appreciate it for where I am right now in my life and like comics like this like I I like them because we're not the only ones with identity crises. <laughs> oh <So>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, oh, this was great. It was so such a pleasure to discuss Brass and Sass and like get to talk about it, you know, it's like there's so much to say. Mm-hmm. Well, so thank you so so much. And yeah, I'm excited to, to keep up with the story and see what happens with them and mm-hmm. all the little Yay. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us. I know. Yes. Yes. Nice to meet you, Chewy. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye. Night, please. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alexa, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, Imelda, Esther, I'm watching your tours, Poppy Seed, Marie, Jen, Emily, Jean, Jen, Aaron, D, Kate, Lily, Beckett, and Duranda. Your support is truly appreciated. 